Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Well, this is a, uh, a different day. <laughs> we welcome you all online and, and um, how quickly we had to put this together. I just want to thank our team. They are amazing. They have done uh, amazing things to get to where we are today. So uh, it's exciting and uh, it's a new day, but um, God's in control and uh, we are in his hands. So let's gather around the word right now. I, um, I think there's one thing that I've noticed in life that, that there's nothing like a health crisis to get us to refocus on how we do life. Our human nature tells us that if it's not broken, then don't fix it. So the result is that we carry on in life until something goes wrong and then we have to fix it. And I think the one thing I love about this generation is that they are more focused upon their health. They're more focused. They read the labels on, on the packets. They, they check for chemicals and additives and, and something that, well, we never did in my time, that's for sure. Everybody has their own custom-designed Gucci water bottle that they carry with them everywhere to, to keep hydrated. Um, yeah. But in saying that, For most, it's not until they get a serious doctor's report that they really start to change their lifestyle. Up until then, we know what we should be doing, but we're pretty casual about what we do. And sadly to say, as it is in the physical, so it is in the spiritual. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, he says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Also in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. So if we put all that together, what he's saying is we're all in this together. We're all a part of the body of Christ. We all have a responsibility to be strong and healthy believers so that the church of Jesus Christ can be strong and healthy as well. And if it's one thing that we have learned through 2020 was that we weren't as strong as we thought we were. But it's time to build a strong body again, to build the church better than than ever before. I want to have a look at three things that, you know, God taught Moses out of the book of Exodus. Three things that as believers will help us build a strong body together. 
Let's read uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and I will see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. The first thing that God was teaching Moses was about his identity. If you have a look in verse 6, it says there that, Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And you'll notice that when God calls Moses in verse 4, Moses responds simply, here I am. Not here I am, Lord. Because he didn't realise that it was God talking to him until God revealed his identity. And you would remember that Moses spent 40 years in Egypt and would have been well schooled in the palace. He would have known the multitude of heathen gods that the Egyptians worshipped. As a matter of fact, when, when God brought the ten plagues upon Egypt, it rendered their Egyptian gods useless. God defeated the Nile god, Orissus, by turning the Nile into blood. You see, the Nile to the Egyptians was a life source. They worshipped that life source. The Nile Delta, being so rich in soil, produced so much uh, food for all the people. It was vital, you know, to their existence. But then when God struck the, the water and turned it into blood, he defeated the Nile God. The ninth plague, which um, was against their most powerful God, the sun god Ra, God simply created darkness over the land for three days, defeating that God. So Moses wasn't sure until God identified himself as the true God, the God of their fathers, the God who had revealed himself to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. And as soon as Moses knew who God was, he covered his face. As soon as he knew the God that was talking to him, there was a reverence. There was a, a, an automatic understanding 
that this God was the creator of the universe. This God was the God that was above all gods. And we must know who we are. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. See, that's who I am now. That's who I am now. You don't come against me anymore. You come against Christ. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? In verse 37, it says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You've got to know your identity as a believer. Know your identity as one who is in Christ. You are in Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. You've surrendered your old life and now you have aligned with the creator of the universe. And nothing can bring you down. Nothing can bring you down. Yes, there'll be challenges that will come and go. But in Him, in Christ, if you know your identity, you'll keep standing. You just keep getting up, getting up, getting up, because that's who you are now. Another thing we need to discover really is a believer's concern. In verse 7 to 9 in this passage of Scripture, it says this, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here we get a real glimpse of the heart of God. It shows us his faithfulness in keeping his promises. And if you look at verse 8, you know, we see the list of people that God had promised Abraham that he would move out, that he would move them out of the land to create this opportunity to bless the descendants of Abraham. Genesis 15, 18. It says, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. And then it lists all the exact same people groups that God was talking to Moses about. See, God is faithful in his promises. He's faithful and he demonstrates the concern that he has for his people. He tells them in verse 7 that he hears the cry and is concerned about their suffering. And you know, I thought about that. 
I thought about that when I was preparing this message, and I, I started to ask myself this question. What are my concerns? What are the things that, that keep me awake at night? And I noticed that most of them related to the kingdom of God. How can we reach those who are hurting? How can we help those that are broken? How can we build the church? How can we reach as many people as possible with the gospel message? How can we see life after life transformed by this amazing truth that we've allowed to transform our lives? And I know as a pastor, well, that's my calling. That is what God has called me to do. But you know, it goes far beyond that. It should be the concern of every believer. The concern of every believer. Because people will go to a lost eternity if they don't know him. They will go to a lost eternity if they don't know him, Jesus Christ. That concerns me. That concerns me. I hope it concerns you today. Mark 6.34 says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. It's good to know what concerns us and what brings out compassion within us. It's good to stop and feel what God feels for the people that are in our world, for the people that are around us, and to realise that we are obligated by the blood of Christ to be an effective body. Yes, says salvation is free, absolutely. We can do nothing to earn salvation. But in receiving such a free gift, I can't help but feel there's an obligation to find the concern in the heart of God and make that our concern so that we can reach those people in our world. Let me ask you the question this morning. What is it that moves you? What are your concerns? Do they relate to the kingdom in any way? The third one this morning we need to understand a believer's response. A believer's response, if you look at verse 10 to 12, it says here, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God 
on this mountain. <laughs> Don't you love the integrity of the Bible? Moses is showing us that, he's showing us what not to do rather than showing us what to do. And you've got to know that it's Moses that's writing this. Moses is, is writing about himself in this passage of Scripture. And I don't know, I think I would be tempted to write it something like this, that Moses heard the word and obeyed immediately and delivered the people. I think that sounds way better, but no. He actually records all of his excuses why he can't do it. <coughs> I mean, can we put this in perspective? Here we have the creator of the universe coming to Moses, calling him out to commission him for an eternal purpose. This is one of God's people. He is a chosen one. He is one who has been set apart. Moses is not an Egyptian. He's not an Amorite. He's not a Hittite. He's not a Canaanite. No, he's a Hebrew. He's a Hebrew. And his Creator is coming to him with a commission. So what's the debate? What's the debate? It's the same for every believer today. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. So can we put this in perspective? Here is the Creator of the universe who has sent His Son to be sacrificed so that you and I can have a relationship with the Father as Christ has with the Father, that we would be one, the body of Christ together. And we have received His salvation and like Moses, God is saying to us today, so now go. I am sending you into the world to set as many free from slavery as possible. So I ask you that same question. What is there to debate? What is there to debate? What is the believer's response? Is it not, yes, Lord? Is it not, yes, Lord? Or are you just here for the scones that we don't have today? <laughs> because no one's making scones today. cannot ignore the command of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. Know your identity. Know your identity. Know your concerns. And know your response. And together, we will build the body of Christ stronger than ever before. No matter what comes against us in days ahead, it won't matter. Because the church of Jesus Christ will still be standing. Because the body's strong. God bless you. Till we see you again, we just pray heaven's best in Jesus' name. Amen.